0: Welcome to the Higher Ed Geek Podcast. I'm Dustin Ramsdell, and every week I'm having conversations with influential higher ed leaders about the work they're doing, the impact they're making, and how you too can better implement technology to support student success. We are here for a very special milestone episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast. 200 episodes over five years and quite the wild ride. We're going to take a moment to reflect On the journey so far with a very special guest, my lovely wife, Jennifer Ramsdell, who, if you are an avid follower and listener of all the podcasts I've done over the years, has only interviewed me or talked with me on the air once in the past, the 100th episode of the Student Affairs Collective podcast, and that had to have been was towards the tail's end of that experience. So 2016, 2017, I'll have to pull it up, but so it's been a while since we've talked on the air, but thank you for doing this.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be here.
0: So, uh, yeah, we just have a few questions. This will be kind of a looser, more casual episode, but I just felt it warranted it. You know, deserved to kind of have a little special moment here for some other milestones. I've not really made a whole thing of it, but here we are. We're just hanging out in our house doing this episode. So this is kind of a treat too. I always say that when I like get to record with people in person, just like it's a little different flavor. So I'm excited for this.
1: Yeah. It's really funny to get to hear your podcast voice and actually get to do the work with you this time. Yeah, So 200 episodes is huge. What does it mean to you, I guess, leading in overall? And then let's kind of dive a little deeper.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only other show I did for as long, you know, the Student Affairs Collective, we got up to 140. There's a few more after I left, but I personally, you know, soup to nuts was doing everything for those 140 episodes. And then Took a little bit of a sabbatical before starting this show. So, I mean, to be able to hit a milestone like this, like, and getting to know podcasting enough and seeing enough other people, like, not many people get this far. Not many people, you know, get nearly as far. So, I am really grateful that, like, I've had sort of the the energy and the support from you and from, obviously, every guest that's been on the show and everything else to, like, get to this point. Yeah, it's definitely like humbling because I think it's like, you know, for the most part, too, it's like nearly as many different people and voices and backgrounds and things that I've learned. So, yeah, yeah, it's really powerful.
1: Yeah, it is really cool, too, to see just as a bystander to this, you starting off on Skype with your Apple headphones to now we're recording on two separate mics with a whole little switchboard thing you've got here. I know the names of nothing, so forgive me as I'm an amateur, but I mean, you're really moving up in the world here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's led to a lot of cool other things. So, yeah, like it's just been this vehicle and a constant through, you know. I started Hired Geek when I worked at 2U and then kept it going through Noodle, and I've now kept it going through Pathify, and all this space is very supportive of me doing that. Um, I'm also grateful for. So, like that, there's so many components, you know, on both like personal and professional levels of like, you know, how this was able to happen. So, there's definitely a lot of gratitude and just sort of like looking at myself, where it's just like, hey, you're capable of like sticking with something yeah. to like, you know, do this and just sort of like, you know, not not bail out when you know, things kind of get tough or, you know, having to do again sort of like all the bits and pieces of it. And I think now looking at to the future, it's certainly helpful to have the the team at Enrolify sort of helping to kind of get a second wind for the show for what could potentially be the next 200 episodes. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I probably would have wanted to get to this point if I was still doing it solo and then maybe be like, okay, maybe, you know, at the end of this year is time to wrap it up. But now I feel like there's a lot more kind of infrastructure and support to Allow me to kind of still do this, be able to focus on other things, and
1: yeah, yeah. It's really cool to see how far you've come. We just celebrated ten years of being together, dating, and I vividly remember you recording your first podcast and the snafus with technology and everything that we've encountered, all the way from Rutgers University through now. And so, doesn't seem to be as many technical difficulties now that you've really mastered it. But <laughs> I, there are a couple moments I can. I can remember where I'm like, "Ooh, is this is this the end? Is this gonna be when Dustin calls it quits?" And you really haven't all through through everything you've been through. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that I've tried to acknowledge as more of a strength within myself is the idea of sort of persistence. Uh Just you know, whenever anything in life you know gets a little tough or you know ambiguous, even just as sort of a more kind of neutral thing, just following through on it because it's like this is something that's important to me, whether it's like. You know, especially as like people of a certain age with kids, it can be hard to be like, oh, you know, I haven't seen this friend in a while or whatever. It's just like oftentimes whenever we reach out, people are just like, oh, thank you for like not giving up on me. You know, like they just earnestly, you know, just got lost in the shuffle and the noise of everything else. So, yeah, it's that idea of persisting through the hiccups, which, yeah, thankfully have become far, you know, far fewer. I think it's always that idea of like, uh, you know, in the nerdy you know, sort of headspace like. Iron Man always, like, builds his suit after, like, something happens so that it's like, oh, you know, I got to prevent that from happening again, you know, like, uh, whatever. So, you know, as stuff happens, it's finding new tools and platforms and approaches to try to solve for all the variables. But then through those difficulties, Mm. you get the persistence. And then, like, I know I've always, like, shared with you, like, any number of little milestones where it's just like, oh, this is, like, you know, the first time this happened or... Like number of downloads, or I got like a guest that I felt like was really special to me, and those sort of things. It's like you kind of have to have like, yeah, the ability to like push through the headwinds and then try to really like let the the tailwinds sort of carry you forward. Uh, and yeah, because I mean, like podcasting, there's that initial sort of steep learning curve to at least just like launch it, and then it really is a pretty constant like energy they have to keep with it to keep it constant and something that people can expect.
1: So on the 200th episode, are there any, I would say, smaller or maybe milestones you haven't noted to the public before that you want to give a shout out to now? Things that you really want to recognize or reflect back on?
0: And yeah, I mean, just not assuming that everyone keeps up with every single thing that I ever like put out or post and all that. Like 2022 was like a huge year. So that one, like there's some list mentions and different things that I was able to be a part of where from 2021 to 2022, I pretty much like doubled the amount of downloads the show had just in one year. So that was like really an important milestone for me as I was like hitting five years. And at that time it was in the early discussions about joining the enrollified network. And I think it was just re- reassuring to see sometimes the very like quantitative sort of objective metrics and kind of feedback and reinforcement and stuff. So I think I, I would try to capture that again here is just like, that growth over time, it's been completely kind of just grassroots and sort of accomplishing that. I mean, with like the Enrollify network joining that, they're helping editing all the shows now. So I'm sure people have noticed that it's just a little bit different now. And, you know, we're still kind of making adjustments over this past several months, but, you know, they're helping to, you know, court sponsors, which helps just like bring more support and resources to the show and um, things like that. So those are important milestones. And I mean, just to make it very explicitly clear, like, I honestly, like got my job at Pathify because of doing the podcast. I've gotten the ability to go to the different events that people may have been seeing me at, like uh you know South by Southwest. I you know do podcasts there on their podcast stage, the times Higher ed summits. They just cold reached out to me to be a part of that, and other things like that are coming from just like me being very like findable online. I've put myself out there. It's something that people can kind of easily you know kind of skim through or listen to some episodes sort of know who I am how I speak about things and all that so like that in and of itself that's all kind of been happening I think as just more conferences are kind of coming together in person and everything anyway but like I feel like I sort of reached this sort of invisible threshold and milestone where it's just like people are coming to me to be on the show to moderate things and all that and it's obviously do again just to the support of everybody who's listened to the show and shared it out and been a guest and all that because it's just it's built this library of content that, you know, people just search higher in podcasts. It's, you know, it's up there and it just it shows that this is something that's a current and consistent and active uh, you know, stream of content. Well, it happened again. Prospect Paul is excited about attending your institution, but is getting constantly confused by all the information and tasks he needs to complete to enroll, creating friction and even worse, melt. You knew this would happen again. which is why you've been flagging the need for a come to Jesus meeting with leadership from marketing admissions and IT to audit the digital experience for prospective students. Here's the problem. You're not going to convince Mark from marketing to let go of his automation software. Adriana from admissions just got set up with her new CRM and Isabel from IT is still working through a ticket request from last Christmas. What if you could come to the table with a solution that didn't require anyone to let go of their software while at the same time ensuring a frictionless experience for prospects and current students alike? Well, my friend, guess what? Today's your lucky day. Meet Pathify, an innovative higher ed engagement hub that puts students at the center of their college journey. Pathify sits at the center of your school's digital ecosystem, being the single user experience interface tying together all systems, content, and communications. Their engagement hub elevates the information that matters most and pushes systems like the sis behind the scenes where they belong making it simpler for students to discover and engage with the opportunities your institution provides at every step of their higher ed journey from prospect to alumni what's even better pathify has a mobile experience that provides 100 percent parity with the responsive web app so your campus app is always in sync pathify is a platform that every stakeholder on campus from marketing to admissions to student affairs to it etc can get equally excited about Learn more about how Pathify is uniting strategic units across campus and bettering the entire student experience by visiting pathify.com. And be sure to tell them that Dustin from Hired Geek sent you their way.
1: You are in the zeitgeist, I think. I have... Sort of learned that as your partner, just with having the same last name as you. Even where <laughs> there's been a couple moments where I've I've walked into rooms. I am also in student affairs, as folks may know, and people have been like Ramsdale, like hired geek, like are you his wife? <laughs> which has definitely been kind of funny for me, where I'm like, oh, this guy. I didn't realize that uh, he was really as well known as he was, which is kind of funny to me because. You know, I know you as everyday Dustin, but to some people, you know, you really are um, the voice of higher ed or you're one of the people who has their finger on the pulse. And it's just really funny how that's kind of trickled out to me in some ways, too.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I mean, just generally have like a humility with a lot of the stuff <laughs> I do. And so like thinking of that is always kind of, uh you know, funny and strange. But, but yeah, and I mean, I think it's one of those things, too, where like I definitely keep the focus on the content and the guest and all that. And I'm not really like necessarily like divulging a lot about my personal life. Like that's not like the point of the show is to like, you know, like, and it's, I think it just, if people have listened constantly, they may sort of pick up details and stuff. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, this has been like most of our relationship. have been podcasting in some regard and, you know, certainly, yeah, just like anecdotes from yeah. your life. And it, so it just filters in and just is something that is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really important to me. And I think it's just funny seeing how it sort of pops up in different areas.
1: So is there, I guess, a moment for you where you maybe were recognized in the outside world or the podcast? And maybe it was something that you got invited to that you were then surprised that, you know, so-and-so knew who you were before you went to introduce yourself or like, is there any moment like that that kind of sticks out to you?
0: I'll say that, yeah, one recently that's coming to mind, because I think it is sometimes people are sort of like, they're maybe not like, oh, I listen every episode, I'm your biggest fan or whatever. It's like sometimes just like a recognizable, like, oh, I know your face or I know your voice or, you know, once they see my name badge and it's like, oh, Hired Geek, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and it all just sort of clicks. That sort of like, like you said, just sort of like relevance or just, you know, I'm just been doing this for long enough that, it, you know, somebody maybe has stumbled across either just the blog or the podcast or something else. but. Yeah. So like the Times Higher Ed Summit last year in LA that they did, Bonnie, who does teaching in higher ed, I got the chance to meet her and she's a really nice person. It was one of those moments where it was just like, you know, she's been doing this for, I think she's been doing her one show longer than Higher Ed Geek, but just being able to like chat about the biz kind of thing, just being like higher ed podcasters and all that, like having that sort of, camaraderie and affinity with other folks like Josie Alquist. I mean, I've mean, i interviewed her a few times and she's been kind of in the game for a while as well. But those are moments that come up is that like it kind of creates this sort of network of folks who have been on a similar journey and we can sort of uh, slap each other on the back and kind a of thing, just being like, yeah, you know, we're going on this ride and sort of the roller coaster of figuring out who we're talking to about what, when and editing and posting and promoting and just kind of hustling in that regard. Because, you know, for most people, it is like, a side project it's not like a mainstream kind of thing but uh so yeah it's, it is like a labor of love for most people so i think that's why there's like this sort of uh sort of spirit and energy if you do like meet people out that it, you know even if they're like oh i'm not like i'm not listening to every single episode of every single hired podcast podcast out there but i know most of those people and if i see them i do tend to try to just at least like introduce myself and i don't know that they're doing a you know good job and to keep
1: it up do you want to make a list of your sort of like top three guests of the last 200 episodes or top three moments? If you don't want to like shout out certain people specifically.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think people is always tough. I And one that I always say when I get asked questions like this is like Ben Nelson from Minerva. That was like right early on the pandemic. It was, people were kind of scrambling to make plans after South by got canceled. So at that point I felt like it was like a huge honor to have his PR person just reach out and <laughs> yeah talk with him. I have a lot of respect for what they're doing at Minerva and, and hear kind of right from him. But otherwise I think it would be being able to like record on stage at South by for the first time was like a dream come true. So that was like a, an amazing moment, pushing that episode out in the feed and, you know, just having these opportunities to kind of mix up the sort of the format and the uh, venue of, episodes that i'm doing and then you know i'm starting to do it more is like just trying to grab people on the show floor at different conferences to do kind of quick interviews so I think folks will see more of that coming up so like you know for me again those are where like day after day and most people are just like yeah we're recording on zoom or some other platform you know been a Zencaster man for the most part down Rollfy on riverside they're all great platforms but it's just you know it's a little bit different right. virtual and That's what all the other shows mostly look like. So having that ability to get out to spaces, be on a stage or just even like grabbing a quiet corner with somebody to record are all special episodes. So that's why I tend to try to like highlight those in the feed where it's like, this is live at this event. Like, is this like, you know, really special to me. I really enjoy doing it. Um, So I'll definitely give a call out to those.
1: Do you have a goal for hired geek moving forward
0: yeah i mean obviously i want to keep it going keep it growing and in terms of that sort of diversification it really is trying to like get out and do more stuff live would be kind of the dream uh so and i think you know the support of rollify and getting like sponsored content series or like those are all things that are in the mix that will sort of change you know i've not really ever done like Multi-part episodes, you know, where it's like, oh, we're we're talking about the same talk, topic in multiple episodes. So I want to try to do maybe more of that. And then, yeah, like just having that live in-person dynamic will be something I'm like exerting more energy into as I've seen some churning up with that. So yeah, some, you know, broader goals.
1: Now you don't often have more than one guest on your show at a time. So is that something you might look forward to in the future? Is maybe picking a topic and then having. Two or three content experts sort of debate or just come on and chat round table. What are your thoughts on podcasts that have a similar model to that? Would you ever want to try it? Is that something you want to do moving forward?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the <behind> the, <laughs> yeah.
1: Not to put you on the spot or anything. No, no, I just have a lot of questions. I, yeah. The funny thing
0: I thought is behind the scenes thing, I have never sought out multiple people to be on. And it's, it's been few and far between. But if somebody like, you know, I reach out to them, like, oh, we'd love to have this other person on too. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm never being like, hey, could you like bring on multiple people? At once? Cause it's just like more to juggle. But like, right. Yeah, I mean, be doing like the podcast panels on stage at South by that is kind of the idea. It's like, OK, it's three people, you know, going up and down the line, people talking about, you know, this this one broader topic. So I am fine with that. And there is like a dream of mine. I've gotten, um, you know, give the hat to the pod save america people like i've watched a lot of that and it's like the same host roundtable talking about you know whatever stuff they've prepared i've always had the dream of doing a show like that so maybe now is the time or you know if i just sort of like introduce it into the hired geek feed but i, I do like that idea of like if you have sort of like folks that you like to just chat with that have good perspectives and you can kind of you know bring in different backgrounds and stuff I, i've always thought that that would be uh, something really fun to do for myself because I, I i've seen that there are some other folks that do similar things in the higher ed space so that would definitely be a dream evolution goal because it would remove the variables to an extent of like having to juggle like scheduling with you know right people in different time zones and you know what what's their setup or whatever it's like we all know that we're here we're prepared we've got good microphones and that would be really cool to try to figure out it around the right folks together and
1: well, it's tricky, too, because uh, I know from from my experience listening to podcasts, I really prefer stuff that's far more scripted and story based. And, you know, you, you do an interview aesthetic where you're having this free flow of conversation there. You know, the, the questions have been prewritten to some extent and there's been some prompts. But other than that, it comes pretty naturally. And then there's some podcasts that are just like chit chatty, totally off the cuff doesn't seem like they have any plan or direction. Right. So it's like finding a balance because I think those are different audiences. And who do you want your audience to be, especially as you're thinking about moving forward with the show?
0: Yeah, because, yeah, I've always wanted to at least, like, be semi-structured. I've always thought that, like, even with, like, you have, like, a happy hour networking event, it, it's like,
1: just put, like, the right little
0: dose of structure. Like, you know, it's good stuff for people to talk about because they could be like, wow, look at all these people talking together, but they're all just, like, talking about the weather or something, and it's just kind of small talk. but you know, you put a little bit of structure in, you can create some good, relevant, engaging kind of conversations and stuff. So yeah, like that would be for me, I wouldn't do just a like friends hanging out podcast. I would do one where it feels kind of like a news magazine round where it's just like, you know, this week we're talking about these three headlines or something, you know, and it's just like, you're like I, I do you know, ingest my fair share of higher ed news so we could like process it. I, I do tend to like put things out into the world and see if like it comes back. So I'd be very happy to keep just doing higher ed geek as it is. <laughs>
1: Moving forward, are there any sort of final thoughts or things that you feel like, because we've touched on a lot, we've touched on sort of where you've been with the show and the direction you want to move forward in. Are there things that you feel like we've missed? Anything you want to share out?
0: Yeah, I I set myself up for this because I do final thoughts, call to action, you know, um, with all the guests and everything. I mean, final thought one, again, thank you for your support. You've been, you know, a crucial element ingredient to the success of the show. And again, just everybody else that I've mentioned. But yeah, I mean, I think to me and, you know, having talked with so many other people that are in the mix doing this kind of stuff, like, you know, any of us, we watch a lot of shows. We listen to a lot of music and all that. Like there's room for everybody at the table to pull up a mic, start recording, put their voice out there and everything. But I just like podcasting for that reason and like continuing doing it for that reason. The idea of like, you know, when is enough going to be enough or whatever? It's like, there's still so much more to talk about. Like things keep changing and there's more things I feel like I haven't explored or I want to like revisit with somebody where I haven't talked to them, you know, in a while. So that's my final thought is always just like, and I guess it is a little bit call to action. It's like trying to inspire more people to be a guest, you know, start a show, start something, put their voice out there. Cause I think it just helps to, even if it's just like reinforcing things, it's good to see, like, oh, other people think like me or feel like me, or, you know, maybe, maybe do have a opposing and kind of different angle or opinion on this. And I think that just ends up all sort of like blending together to hopefully drive us forward in a, a positive way where we can be inclusive and mindful of as many people and perspectives and experiences as possible. So I know that's the way, like, I, I do try to really be thoughtful about. You know, that sort of thing with my own show is not just kind of talking to the same people about the same kind of thing. So i um, hoping that other folks can sort of add to that chorus.
1: I think that's a really great point. I think that the landscape of higher education is always shifting. And as much as you're reaching out to folks, maybe this is also the call to action. If people have something they want to talk about, if they feel like you've missed something or again you want to revisit something that maybe you know since the podcast has really been going on for five years like what (laughs) what can we go back what can we come back and talk about what can we circle back to or yeah is there something else that we can add to the conversation something that they think has been missed maybe this is a great opportunity to find those folks who feel like they haven't been represented on the show or, you know, m- maybe need to be amplified a little bit more moving forward. Yeah. What's episode 201 going to be moving forward after that? <laughs> well, yeah, because as we're
0: recording of this, like we're doing this a little bit like out of order, which is another behind the scenes thing, but I'm just trying to like do that where it could even be where it's like, Oh, I do have a lot of diverse people, but if I didn't do them in a certain order, just be like white guy after white guy after white guy. And then what I, like, so I even sometimes intentionally like, let me just rearrange here because I've got a bunch of stuff on the shelf. I can do that with but yeah i just did an episode with sharon butler from flywire that'll be coming out after we record this episode and publish it that was nice because they had been two or three years since i talked with her um just kind of changing dynamics and like um financial support for students i mean like i'm not perfect the show is not perfect that's kind of the point you know where it is lightly structured it's not like you know a very manicured and produced like Mm -hmm. news interview it's just a fairly raw and kind of genuine, authentic, but relevant and engaging kind of interview show. That's always what I've strived for. But it's obviously with that, it's going to be a little rough around the edges. There's like that comfort and that confidence, like, you know, in sort of the mindset of trying to inspire people who maybe have never been a guest before or anything like that. It's like, we're not looking for perfection here. It might just be that you are very interested in something. And I do even feel like over time, I've generated a skill set to try to like pull the thread out of people very well, kind of make it what they're trying to say that much more clear, that much more powerful, or just kind of, you know, really lift them up in the best way that I can. So, yeah, I mean that that's what I hope for is that like that is kind of a punchline anymore. That I think is starting to wash away. But that like podcasting is just you know a bunch of dude bros. This format and this medium can have so much more potential.
1: I know you love podcasting. One question that wasn't on my prepared sheet is, what are you geeking out about? Man.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Anybody who's followed the blog way back in the day, that's how I like just was like pumping out content it was like my weekly geek outs.
1: I can't remember the last time that you, you touched on that I don't write that much top. anymore. I'm no, sorry. No, you don't write that much anymore. We're not often talking about what we're geeking out about, but I think that's always a fun thing to share. Right
0: now, you know, as of the recording of this, Ahsoka has gone on their weekly episodes. I've enjoyed that. I just beat, obviously, way super late, but better late than never, Horizon Zero Dawn. A very fun game. I'm
1: still geeking out about Barbie. I loved it. <laughs> ten out of ten. No notes. I could talk about it all day.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that you you've been watching. I fell off of it, but What We Do in the Shadows. You do like that show a lot. Um, I, uh, so I'm trying to think of like a third. Like usually I did three. Barbie. Been reading a lot of books. So do you want to give a quick book rec? You not, want
1: me to give a book rec? Yeah, I don't remember
0: the names at <laughs> all. They're like all blur together because they're like. Because it's like something, you know, just like one-off books, it's fine. Is it just sort of like, hey, you can kind of chew it up and spit it out. Or maybe it does sort of resonate and stick with you. So like whatever angle you want to take, if you're just like one book, is it the, is it the gateway into a wider Ooh, world boy. or is it, uh, you know, just the one-off?
1: Yeah, I, I set a goal in January of 2023 to read 52 books this year. So that's about a book a week. It's currently the first week of September and I've read 49 books. So I've, I'm going to blow past that. Hopefully within in the next week or two. And like 10 of those books have been over 500 pages. Again, because I started, I read the Court of Thorns and Roses series, which is very popular on BookTok. I love TikTok for book recommendations. I did a brief stint working at a bookstore on um, this last year. So I I was just consuming a lot of media and I'm geeking out, I guess, about my Kindle because really my Kindle has been what has pushed me to read so much. I think it's something about reading on a screen and not actually seeing the page numbers, like in a physical book when you're picking up a tome that's 500 plus pages that feels really intimidating. But on your Kindle, you don't see it. And it just gives you the little percentage. And it's like a little competition with yourself of how much more you can get through. And the books tend to be so inexpensive or free. So geeking out about being able to link my library card to my Kindle and just consuming a lot of media on that. Yeah. But totally turned out to be a fantasy girl. Had no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very funny when you were like sharing, because it's like the same thing I would do where it's like, Oh, I just like read this comic book and there's all these things, whatever. Oh, um,
1: fourth wing. Yeah. If people haven't read fourth wing yet. The second book, Iron Flame, is coming out in November, so you have time to pick it up now. But that was, again, another fantasy series that Book Talk recommended to me that I am addicted to now and I think has caught Dustin by surprise because he's, you know, been the geeky one in our relationship. But I'm like, let me tell you about these dragons. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean I appreciate that. There's something very geeky and dorky that you're so excited about. And yeah, it's been like yeah, the Kindle and like, you know, fair share of audiobooks in the mix and you know, just hard copy books and yeah, taking advantage of our local library. It's walking distance, which is super awesome. But even yeah, just even like digital, you know, yeah, with the Kindle like barring stuff and yeah. So but I think that yeah, that's a good point. Is that like, you know, physical books that they're big can be intimidating or just trying to like, you know yeah, manage like, oh, well, they're exp- they could be like expensive, especially newer stuff or whatever. It's just like, you can your library, man. Like, it's there. It's great. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we will leave it there. Uh, thank you, Jen, so much for hanging out in my little office here and commemorating 200 episodes of Hired Geek. So it's been an incredible journey, and I'm excited to see where we're going. Next two
1: weeks. Can't wait. Episode 400. I'll see you back here.
0: Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify podcast network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.